Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. doesn't stop. Sports Talk Radio that's live, local, and not for the faint of heart. Oh, you didn't know? Sometimes angry. Loud noises! Telling it like it is. You insulted him a little bit. You got a little out of order yourself. And pretty much always right. Don't ever argue with the big dog. Big dog is always right. Text or call 404-741-0929 and be part of the show. Well, we're waiting from the Kia Studios. It's time for the John Chuckery Show. Serving you up sports on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. And welcome into Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Yes, it is time for the John Chuckery Show. Hanging out with you here in the Kia Studios on this Monday evening with you for the full four. Asking you to download the Odyssey app. You're not in the car as much. You want to listen in. Best way to catch on the go is the Odyssey app. Put that on one of your devices today. Take the smartphone, take the Alexa speakers, take the tablet, take the Commodore 64, the Atari 2600, and television. Whatever your device is, just download it on something to be able to catch us when you're on the go. Social media, find us at 9 the Game on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And as always, best way to be a part of the show, follow us on our personal Twitter page. Hit me up at JMCH316. That, of course, your water cooler talking points three to six months in advance of anybody else. That is out there. It is Monday, so that means, you know, Dylan can't work. We did have Atlanta United yesterday, so Day Day is joining us here uh, this evening. So we've got kind of a strange week um, this week, right? We've got a show tonight. We've got a show tomorrow. Then we've got Atlanta United on Wednesday. And then we've got the first edition of College Football Game Time, which will be myself, Chris Goforth, Randy Mack. That will be on Thursday. And then Friday, you guys are into, what, week three? Of the uh, high school football yep. scoreboard show. Is yep, it'll be our third week. Yeah, I was uh, I was out late on Friday, not for anything fun, but I had to take my daughter to a uh, had to take my daughter to a retreat, and it was out in Kingston, which is out toward Rome. Mm-hmm. And of course, I live in Roswell, so that's about nowhere near uh, one another. Right. But uh, got a chance to hear uh, a bunch uh, from you guys on Friday, so uh, good stuff uh, as always. The best high school foot. We got the best high school football show in the country on Fridays. Thursday, we'll start with what is the best college football show in America because it certainly ain't that hogwash they put on ESPN. (laughs) We'll get to that at 840 this evening. What a load of rubbish that show is. Um, And, of course, we've got all your Falcons action right here on the home of the Atlanta Falcons, Sports Radio 92.9, the game. Speaking of which, the Falcons did wrap up their preseason as um, took care of business against the, uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars and Hey, look, two and one on the preseason, right? Hope springs eternal. Jacksonville, by the way, was 0-4 in the preseason because they had the uh, Hall of Fame game uh, that went along with it. They were 0-4 in the uh, the preseason, 0-2 uh, 
uh, on the road. But um, uh, good for the Falcons. We'll talk more about this coming up here at 720. We'll talk about what we learned at uh, with the Falcons in the preseason camp as we had. It seems kind of weird because normally you would think that, all right, we're wrapping up the preseason, and then this Sunday we start in. No, we still got another whole week yet to go. We have a whole week from Sunday, so we've got almost two weeks from the from you know well two weeks from yesterday, from the time that they played on Saturday, and then Sunday two weeks from Sunday that uh, we've got game one action September 11th against the um, hateful dreaded uh, New Orleans Saints. Of course, things will get kicked off with the Wade for Tailgate Show, which. Hugh Douglas and I are a part of, and um, we had a chance to do our first show on Saturday with all that, so we'll be back together with you on the morning of uh, September 11th. So we still got a little bit of a wait. Still got a little bit of a wait, but I thought it was a productive preseason, and we'll talk more about that coming up here at 720. Um, Braves, uh, night off tonight was not a particularly good weekend. Good night on Friday. Took care of their business. Saturday and Sunday, you know, left a lot to be desired. Now, we'll talk a little bit later on in the show about this bullpen because I know it's easy to overreact to, you know, the bullpen, the closer, this, any other. But as we always do, we'll give you the facts. We'll give you the numbers. I've got the numbers. So don't panic. I've got the numbers. Some good, some not so good. Some, you know, that maybe bother me a little bit. Some that don't really bother me too, too much. But we'll talk about that at 9 o'clock. But wasn't a great weekend, and look, I said I thought they'd go one and two, right? Uh, St. Louis is a good team. There aren't very many series left. The Braves have to worry too much about. They get a day off tonight, then they'll start a series against one of those teams they don't have to worry as much about. Yeah, I get it. The Rockies beat the Mets. Cool. Um, that's great. But the Ro- Rockies are another dirtbag, fleabag, low-life, pawn scum, muck and mire that builds up in your gutters and hasn't been cleaned out in a year, and you got to get those extra thick gloves and scoop that sludge out, and it smells, and the leaves have been rotting in there and everything like that, that's the Rockies. Just to put it in perspective when I say something like that, only three teams in the National League have fewer wins than the Rockies. Let me repeat that. Only three teams in the National League have fewer wins than the Colorado Rockies. So they are a Dirtbag, low-life, fleabag organization. And with all due respect to our friend, I had a chance on Thursday of last week when we were at Top Golf, talked to Kelsey Wingert, who is now formerly of the Braves. Remember, she was doing what Kelly Kroll does now. Uh, Kelsey used to do it here in Atlanta, but she's in Colorado right now. And, um, you know, look, it's been a long season for the Rockies, and they just finished up a series with the Mets. Now they're going to take on the Braves. So Braves, as we sit right now, they are a few games back, what, three games back in the division. Day-Day, let me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. Braves are 79-50, and 50, right? Okay. That's 129 games. Yep. They are three games behind the Mets in second place right now. Right. Where do you think were the – after 129 games last year, where do you think the Braves sat? 129, that was, that, that was around the time that they were trying to come battle back, wasn't it? I'm asking you. See, just give me give me what you think. I, I want to. Uh, I want to say they were maybe 129. I can't. Uh, I just know that was the time they were trying to come back. Record wise, just let's say 69 and 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 60. 
So you're exactly right, 69 and 60. <laughs> um, and it was Saturday, August 28th when they played game 129. So that was calendar-wise, it was yesterday. But do you know that the Braves at 69 and 60 were in first place at this time last year? Okay, and, so they were already in first. And okay. up by four games okay. in first place last year. And by the way, it wasn't the Mets who were in second place. They were four games up on Philadelphia and seven up on the Mets last year. So I only bring that to tell you, so they've got 10 more wins this year than they did at this time last year, and they're three back. And, and I only say that because I know we keep sitting around and waiting for the Mets to just fold and collapse and things like that. Because the Mets weren't even in second place at this point last year. They were in third. The Phillies were in second, and they were four back of the Braves. In fact, the Braves lost Saturday, August 28th of last year. They were up five going into it. They were up four after they lost in Philadelphia one, and then they would actually be four games up the following uh, day, and then uh, they actually dropped another game. Actually, they dropped a couple of games um, as we got into the very last couple of days of August, 1st of September. In fact, the lead did get down to a game and a half when we were as late as September 5th was a game-and-a-half lead that the Braves had. So, again, we talk about you can't sit back and wait for the Mets to lose. You have to keep winning. You have to handle what you can do. So when you play these dirtbag, low-life, scuzzbag, fleabag, muck-and-mire, sludge that's been on the bottom of a barrel sitting out in 119 degrees sunshine and stinking and smelling and just mucking up everything. You have to go beat those teams. And there's a whole bunch of those series left for the Atlanta Braves. They got a whole bunch of those series left. So you can't sit back and wait for the Mets. You have to go take it. And you're right in striking distance. You do have three games against the Mets. You can certainly pick up a game here and a game there. In this, any of that. But I thought it was interesting because I did not realize that the Braves um, and and do you know when they actually got into first place last year was August fifteenth. That was when they that was when they took over the division lead was August fifteenth. They went a half a game up on the Phillies at that point and uh, Sunday August fifteenth when they beat the low live scuzz bucket Washington Nationals that put them at sixty two and fifty seven and moved them into first place by half game, and then they expanded the lead up to five, and then it came back down to a game and a half. But they stayed up in the division the entire rest of the way. Once they got the division lead on, on August 15th, they never looked back. They were never in second place another day the rest of the year. They got down as low as a game and a half, but that was that was it. So, uh, look, obviously the division is right there. The Braves are going to be in the playoffs no matter what. But you have to just keep beating up these bad teams because you can't wait for the Mets to try to get on an extended losing streak. And we'll talk about this with Bob Nightingale, but as I've explained to you before, with those two guys at the top of the rotation, they're not going on a five- or six-game losing streak. They're not going to hand you the division. They're not going to, oh, they're going to met. No, they ain't going to met. Not with those two guys. Yeah, they lost yesterday with Scherzer. How'd they do with DeGrom on Saturday? How'd that go? Oh, six innings and what? Six innings, nine strikeouts and a run? Oh, okay. See, that's the thing. You might beat one of those guys. You won't beat them both. If you're one of the dirtbag, low-life, flea bag, 
scuzz bucket teams in Major League Baseball, like the Rockies and the Pirates and those kinds of teams, you might beat one of those guys. You're not going to beat both. Same thing for teams going up against the Braves. You might be freed or right, but you're not going to beat both those guys. So Braves get a day off tonight. Mets have a day off. Now, here's the good news, right? You want good news? Okay. The Mets start a series tomorrow in, are they still in Flushing or did they move somewhere? Is that stadium still in Flushing Meadows? Shea Stadium? I know it's well, a toilet bowl to flush yeah, it's down. it's not Shea anymore. Well, I know it's, it's not Shea, yeah, it's Citibank. But, but uh, yeah, I think the it, they're is still the flushing, I believe. Because if it, they built it right next door. Okay, so yeah. if they built it right next door and the airplanes are flying over, um, the low-life dirtbag Mets, they're going to host the Dodgers, the Dodgers, coming up starting tomorrow. So that's good news. Maybe the Mets can lose a couple in this series and help the Braves out a little bit while the Braves are playing the Scuzz Bucket, low-life dirtbag Colorado Rockies. And you just go out there and beat the brakes off off those teams out there. So it's going to be a fun end of this season with handful of games left, and it's going to come quickly, especially because we're going to be focused on football, right? So besides getting the Falcons preseason over with and having that in our rearview mirror, um, you know we got baseball. Then of course this week we've got week one of college foosball. We got Georgia, Oregon, right? We got Utah, Florida. We got Ohio State. Notre Dame hooking up. Now we get into it. Because let me tell you what I was watching on Saturday. Besides watching the, the Falcons game, I'm watching UConn and Utah State. Because I want to see what Jim Mora did with UConn. I'll give him credit. Because UConn is the single solitary worst program in FBS. Ask me why, Day Day. <laughs> they haven't won as many as three games in a season since 2017. They had a 14-0 lead at the end of the first quarter against Utah State in a game they lost. They haven't had a lead of more than 10 points in almost eight years. Wow. In the last handful of years, they've had two one-win seasons. They've had a two-win season. They didn't play any games in the pandemic year of 2020. And was it last year that they went 0-0 for, didn't win a game? So the fighting Jim Morals are trying to Jim Morris, excuse me, are trying to get the UConn uh, back. So that's the kind of level of games that we had over the weekend. And Scott Frost blowing it. Did anybody check on Freaky? I know Freaky's sick uh, right now. Did anybody check on on Freaky? He didn't respond to any tweets. <laughs> yeah, he was. Uh, I think you know trying to drown his sorrows in some Irish beer um, over the weekend uh, as well. But we got college foosball coming up, and let's give credit to Atlanta United. Now we're going to talk to our buddy Felipe Cardenas. Coming up at 8.20 this evening, let's give some love to Atlanta United. Yeah, I understand. It's the dirtbag, low-life D.C. United, right? But you know what? Three points is three points. And they needed that three points. Handful of matches left. Yes, they're only three points out of a playoff spot, but it's like six teams that they're jumping around. Right? That's the problem is just the number of teams that it's not just one team three points ahead of them, and that's it. There's a, there's a team that's tied that's ahead of them. They're tied with somebody, other teams in front of them, and this, that, and the other. So we'll talk to Felipe at 820, but a good win. And, of course, they're going to flip right back around as they head up to Philadelphia, who obviously is very good in the East. If they, I'll say this. If they play Wednesday like they did on Sunday, they ain't going up there and getting a win because they had to fight, scratch, and claw, and they didn't exactly 
play their best, but a W is a W is a W is a W, and Joseph got a goal. Let's go ahead and start him and play like our hair is on fire. All right, when we come back, what we learned about the Falcons from training camp in the preseason, and guess what we're going to do? We're going to open up the phone lines. We're going to ask you what you learned about the Falcons as well. 404-741-0929. Chuck Green, the Key Studios, Sports Right Now to the Game, Odyssey.com app. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game, back at the John Chuckery Show, hanging out at the Key Studios Monday night with you. 404-741-0929 is both our Solomon Brothers Diamond text line and it is our phone lines because we're opening up the phones to you here in this segment as we talk some Falcons foosball. Odyssey app is how you catch us when you're on the go. Social media is at 92.9 The Game, at JMCH316 on Twitter. Bob Nightingale going to join us for a bi-weekly conversation uh, here in about 20 minutes from right now. Hey, a shout-out to anybody, too, that is stuck in traffic on I-285 as uh, I see that they're finally pulling out that tractor-trailer that literally was on fire underneath the overpass. On It was on 285 underneath the Ashford-Dunwoody bridge or overpass um, right there, and that basically is just – that sucker is just completely burned to its shell out there. So shout-out to anybody who's stuck on the 285, so – we will keep you entertained here for, well, hopefully you'll be home before 11 o'clock, but uh, we'll keep you entertained up until then. Uh, as we said, Bob Nightingale at 740. Felipe Cardenas going to talk some Atlanta United with us coming up at 820. But as we wrap up the preseason part of the Falcons' schedule, 2-1, and one, all good news there, right? What have we learned? And that's what we're asking at 404-741-0929. What did we learn about the Falcons in this preseason? So a couple of things that I learned. Number one is Arthur Smith definitely wants to get back to a culture of winning. And, and that has been a consistent message and theme for the – so if you're hoping for them to tank, to bottom out, they're playing for a draft pick, they're, they're – what are they doing? The, 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 the yuck it up for Young, you know, or the suck for Stroud or whatever, you know, thing you want to throw out there for a top one, two, three pick – They've got no desire to do that. This organization wants to win and is all about winning. You don't want to build a culture of it's okay to lose. And I think you saw that consistently through the preseason. You know, and I understand the games don't count. You can't go to ESPN.com and look at the standings and see anything. But it's a mindset, right? It's not accepting that a result other than a victory is acceptable right now. Second thing. I think we learned that Desmond Ritter can play. Now, that doesn't mean he's the next Russell Wilson. That doesn't mean he's the next Tom Brady. That it, it just means that you feel like going into the season, as Mariota's going to be the starter, that if you have to call on Desmond Ritter, he can do some things for you. Now, 
Here's what Desmond Ritter and the Falcons did not see. Day-Day, ask me what they didn't see. What did they not see? The Bosa brothers, Khalil Mack, Miles Garrett, Jadavion Clowney, T.J. Watt, right? They didn't see any of those guys. Now, ask me what they're going to see when the regular season comes along. <laughs> what are they going to see when the regular the season? The Bosa brothers, right. Khalil Mack, Miles Garrett, Jadavion Clowney, <laughs> T.J. Watt, Jonathan Allen, Chase Young. They're going to see them all. All of them. Not one, not two, all of them. Take, take um, Von Miller and take Micah Parsons. Take those two guys away. And anybody worth his salt that goes and gets the quarterback for a living, we'll see him this year. So understand, I, I, I understand the preseason and this. But I think you saw the, the moment's not too least. He saw that he can handle some things, right? And the kid's a winner. The kid did play Georgia, Alabama, Notre Dame. He played top quality programs in his time at Cincinnati. The other thing that we learned is they're going to do what they have to to get home uh, on the quarterback from the defensive line side. And I think you saw some at least encouraging things out of the interior part of their defensive line. You know, we didn't really see their outside guys, Carter, Ebicady, get turned loose all that much. But the Taquan Grahams of the world, those guys I thought had good preseasons. And they helped and aided in getting a pass rush and getting to the quarterback. And you're going to need that. Because, Day-Day, ask me what we don't have on the outside. What do we not have on the outside? Bosa Brothers, Khalil Mack, Miles Garrett, Jadavion Clowney, T.J. Watt. Right? We don't Facts. have yeah. we don't have that dude sitting on the outside that you say, hey, you give him that salute. All right, son, go get him. Go turn him loose. But it's going to be some individual, but certainly some collective when it comes to getting the quarterback. I think we also learned that they've shown you that they're very committed to getting the run game on track. The running backs, I believe, averaged over four yards a carry when you stack up all of their preseason stats, which is good. And it's going to be a different look, different offense, different philosophy. Now that Matt is gone and his 57,000 passing yards are gone, it's going to be a different philosophy. And that's why you need your wide receivers, your tight ends. You need them to help your quarterbacks out in the passing game because it is going to be different. And we don't have that cavalcade of stars. Think about how blessed we've been at the wide receiver position for the Falcons, the Julios, the Roddy Whites, the Calvin Ridleys, the Muhammad Sanus, right? We've been very blessed with the guys, the Harry Douglases. Been very blessed with the group of guys that we've had over this, you know, if you want to call it the Thomas Dimitrov era of Falcons football and the Matt Ryan era of Falcons football. That's what happens, you know, and I'm not even talking about the tight ends. I mean, the the, the Jacob Tammies and the Tony Gonzalez and guys like that. I'm just talking about just literally the wide receiver group. But that's what happens when you have a pass-first, offense, pass-first quarterback. So I think that there are some good signs for the Falcons going into this regular season. How it translates, I don't know. Because, again, we're going to see a real pass rush. We're going to see the best of the best of the best of the best. You're not going to get a chance to play a team 
who sits their starting quarterback for the game, right? Or who doesn't play their top-flight defensive players. But I think it's good signs, and I think that there is a bit of a shift in the culture of what the Falcons want to do. 404-741-0929, that's our phone line. Let's grab a Scott out in Woodstock. What's going on, Scott? Not much, guys. How are y'all? Oh, good, man. Hey, so I'll say this. Uh, now that Matt Ryan's gone, everybody was freaking out. Oh, the Falcons won't do anything. The Falcons won't do this. I think with Mariota in there now, it's going to be a new culture. I think oh, a new culture has come in. And I think the Falcons are uh, going to surprise a lot of people. Uh, are going to surprise a lot of people this season. And uh, I think we're going to – I think uh, we may see us in contention for the South. Uh, it's, uh, but here's the thing, though. They also say, though, never trust the preseason. Because you've seen it in the past where teams will go 0-4 and, and then they'll freaking come out and kill it. But then you see teams that will go 2-1 and or 3-1 and like the Falcons did, and they'll not, do, they'll not do good and they'll fall apart in the first couple weeks. So I think going into the first two weeks of the season – is going to be a telltale sign of what is to come for the Falcons, Mariota, if he's going to actually be able to step up to the plate and uh, finally prove himself. Appreciate the phone call. Well, look, you start off with the Saints at home, and then you've got the West Coast trip, right? You're going to be in, the, in L.A. to take on the Rams and then Seattle. So you go out west very early in the season. That's not an easy thing to do is stay out west for a couple of weeks early on, which I'm guessing they'll just stay out on the West Coast. They won't come back east. They'll, they'll stay out in L.A. or Seattle, what have you, and they'll work out there with, with no time in between. And I, I agree. I'm, what I'm looking for right now, and I do agree that they're going to be better than what the pundits and the experts say. You know, I don't think the Falcons are going to be a two-win team. Now, the betting line right now is four and a half. That's the Falcons' over-under win total as far as betting lines go. I think they'll be over. I think they're going to be a six-win team. Can they contend for the division? I don't know. I, I mean, look, to be real, you know, Tampa Bay still's got that guy at quarterback. Do, do you understand that if Tom Brady has the seat, if, if he replicates his yardage year over year, you realize day-day that he's going to be at 90,000 mm-hmm. passing yards. Yep. He's, he's headed toward, he's just about at 85,000 right now. Yeah. He's headed toward 90,000 passing yards. Now, think about that. 90,000 passing yards. That's, an, uh, that's as absurd of a number as, uh, as just saying it out loud. Thinking about it's just as absurd. So I do think the Saints and Tampa are better rosters than we are. Doesn't mean we can't beat them. But right now, those teams have better rosters than what the Falcons do. There are more known commodities, especially when you talk about Tampa Bay at the quarterback position. And I think they will at some point get Gronk back. When Gronk decides that, okay, I don't have to work too hard and I can come back, they'll get Gronk back. Oh, yeah, and they still got Godwin and Evans and all those guys. Oh, yeah, they still got all those defensive players that they had, right? All right, the Devin, uh, what's his name? Uh, Who's the kid? Devin White, linebacker out of uh, LSU. They, They still got all those guys, right? So they're going to be a handful. I think the Falcons will be better than Carolina. But there are things that I see about this team that give me some encouragement. You know, week one will be interesting to see if our outside guys can get a pass rush going. Can we establish a running game? 
you know, with our offensive line. Obviously, we didn't get to see a whole lot of the starters work together as a group, but can we come together? Because it's a pretty good Saints defensive line. They are pretty good along their defensive line. Can we establish a running game? And what can Mariota give us at quarterback? I think there's no doubt that that is a big wild card in what the success is. Can, can Mariota be a guy who gets his NFL career on track? Obviously, you have a lot of hope and faith in it because he was the second overall pick, not a second-round pick. He was literally the number two overall draft pick when he came out, and he's going to face the guy who was number one that year in Jameis Winston, right? I'm not expecting Mariota to go out and throw for 4,000 yards and 30 touchdowns and all. He's never done that in his career. He's never even come close to that in his NFL career. So I'm not going to ask him to do something that he's never done in his entire history in the NFL. Seven years, by the way, in the NFL. He's never done that ever. So I'm not expecting him to all of a sudden just go for 4,030. But can he not turn the football over? Can he be efficient? Can he be effective in play action? You know, run the football effectively. Can our, And I'll say again, to me the success comes down to can our offensive line get it together? Can we be successful up front with our offensive line? Certainly easier to establish an offensive line that runs the football versus passing, and guys would rather be able to lock you up and move you north and south. But can we get that done? Can we run the football effectively? Because it's going to be a new era of Falcons offense that we're going to see. It's not going to be the huck it around anymore. It's going to be certainly a different philosophy. And I think you saw that in the preseason that they very much committed to the running game. And obviously, health. Falcons are already battling some health issues, right? You were hoping that, um, um, oh gosh, now my, my brain just went dead. The kid out of uh, Auburn, the defensive lineman out of uh, Auburn, uh, the second round pick, Marlon Davidson. You're hoping that Marlon Davidson would come in and make an impact. Well, he's kind of hurt and beat up. You know, Drake London played five snaps and he's hurt and been out. And we'll hear from Arthur Smith at eight o'clock. You know, well, you know, it's kind of this, that, and the other. Obviously, Deion Jones. Coming back off the pup list and all that kind of stuff. We played last week. I think it is telling that the coach said, well, he's going to have a hard time getting on the field. Can you imagine two years ago saying that about Deion Jones? Deion Jones wouldn't have had a hard time getting on the field for any team in the NFL two years ago, let alone this team. So I think there are definitely plenty of things to look at arrow upward for the Falcons. Let's now see what it translates uh, on September 11th. All right, when we get back, Bob Nightingale going to join us, our Odyssey MLB insider. We'll get his thoughts about the Braves and bounce around the majors as well. Chuck Ray in the Kia Studios. Sports right now the game, odyssey.com. Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game. Back with you on the John Chuckery Show. Hanging out in the Kia Studios on a Monday night. 404 That's our Solomon Brothers 
Diamond Text Line to be a part of the show. Odyssey app is how you catch us when you're on the go. Social media is at 9th on the Game on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Follow me at JMCH316 on my Twitter page. Uh, we're going to try to link up here with Bob Nightingale coming up here in just a couple of minutes. But, um, look, here's the thing, because here's what I don't do. And our buddy Reese was asking about finding ways. I don't – if if you – playing the go on the schedule and say we're going to win this game, lose this game, that's lazy. That That's what that is. That You, you play the games on the field for a reason. You know, can the Falcons beat the Saints? Yes. Have they beat the Saints before? Yes. Have they beat them in New Orleans when we weren't expected to win? Yes. I mean, you, you can't – to me, it's too – I mean, if we're going to do that, then I'm going to say the Falcons are 17-0. and 0. I'm going I'm to pull the Bo Bach. I'm going to give you exactly what Bo Bach would say if you asked him that question. He, uh, you know, you hump. We're going to be 17-0, and 0, you hump, you goose. Because you go down, it's easy to go down and say, well, W here, W. You got to play the games. Play the games out there and, and see what could happen. You know, and the great thing about the NFL is there's a reason why in the NFL you don't see 24. For instance, what I tell you I watched this weekend. I watched Utah State and UConn. Okay? UConn was a four touchdown underdog. Four touchdowns. I think there were 27 and a half point underdogs in that game. You know what you don't see in the NFL? 27 and a half point spreads. You might see 10, 12, maybe 13, but you don't see huge point spreads in the NFL for the reason is because the talent disparity isn't massive between one franchise versus another. Yeah, there are some teams that are much better. The Buccaneers are definitely a more talented roster, and they have the greatest player in the history of the NFL. They literally have the single most important player in the entire history of the NFL on their roster. You can go through the entire, how long has the NFL been around? 100 years or whatever? Okay, there's never been a player that has been more successful or more important to have than the guy that they have. That's a good starting point. I don't care if he's 55 years old, 132, 96 years old. That's a great place to start is when you have that. So it definitely gives you an edge. But you go out there and you play the games. You catch somebody coming off of whatever. You know, maybe we catch a team coming off a West Coast trip or whatever like that. You know, and you stub them. They got to come west to east. And you be, I mean, things like that happen in the NFL. So, again, to go play the, well, we beat this team or that team. Day Day. Ask me what I predicted the Falcons' record would be last year. What did you predict last year? I predicted 7-10, and 10, okay? Now, Day-Day, ask me what the Falcons' record actually was last year. What was their record last seven year? 7-10, okay? 7-10. and 10. So I gave it to you right between the eyes last year about exactly what it would be. And I'm not trying to sell that we're a Super Bowl contender you know, again, I'll let Zacchaeus and, and the guys on the team, I'll let them do all that stuff. I'll, I'll let them go out there and tell you that they can win the Super Bowl in this day. Because they're supposed to, right? But you go out and you play the games. I'm looking for signs that we're going to be better. I mean, are we going to be worse than 18 sacks in 17 games? I doubt it. If we are, 
then they will be a three-win team. If if Mariota and Ritter are complete busts, and I'll, I'll say this again, if the Falcons do find themselves in a top three draft pick again and they have a chance to draft one of the quarterbacks, if you're bad enough that you got in the top three with, with those guys, then you have to go draft another quarterback. Sorry, I, you can't sit around and wait and hope and pray that the guys you have on your roster are going to be better. If you're pick one, two, or three, and you have a chance to get Stroud or Young, you take one of those guys. Even if you think you like what some of the things that Ritter has done, if you're picking that high in the draft, it's gone sideways, and you can't run from the talent at that position. You have to embrace it. Yeah, as In the words of Dan Quinn, you have to go out there and embrace the suck, right? And you have to go out and get the best players that are available for your football team and the players that play the most important position on the football field. So, look, I'm hoping that um, – I'm hoping that we do get competent quarterback play. We do get good line of scrimmage play. I'm not saying it's a given, but there are things that I see that make me feel better. You know, I I haven't been I'll, – I'll be honest with you. I'll give you a perfect example. I haven't been super sold on the idea of Taquan Graham. I, I have been thoroughly unimpressed with what Taquan Graham did last year. And going into this offseason – I was like, all right, well, whatever. I, I really don't have an expectation. But he's played better, and he's looked better, at least in the preseason and through training camp. He's at, looked, at least looked better than I would have given him credit for. That I, I, he's, he's looked better than I thought he would have looked. Now, how that translates in the regular season, I, we don't know yet. We'll find out. But if he, if he truly is better and he can help – those are good signs because last year he couldn't help you do anything, all right? And just the fact alone that they realized that Jalen Mayfield, who literally was probably the single worst interior offensive lineman in all of the NFL, we already know he's not going to start, and we'll see. I think there's a definite chance that they give him an injury settlement and they move on. If they do, you got to give them a lot of credit for that. It's not easy to just dump a third-round player after a year, but your eyes don't lie when you watch guys like that. And when you watch it in practice and you watch the preseason, you know, your eyes don't lie. When you see the video of a guy flopping face first down on the ground like a fish out of water, that doesn't lie. And if you make those mistakes, you have to move on. If he doesn't give your football team the best chance to win, then you move on what you do. So uh, that's why I say, you know, to arbitrarily go through and say, well, we're going to win this, we're going to win that, whatever, like that, right? Uh, that doesn't work. That, that you know, again, that's, you know, again, if, if Bo Bach was here, he'd chastise you for doing stuff like that. Pick out wins on a schedule and stuff like that, right? Uh, you, you, so many different things can happen in the NFL. Teams do turn things around, right? What was it? Uh, a couple of years ago, was it a few years ago when the um, was it the 49ers that were a four and twelve team, and then you know made the um, made the Super Bowl the Super Bowl that was here, right? The 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 Super Bowl that was here. Uh, no, the uh, Super Bowl against the um, um, 
Who they played? The Ravens. Kansas City. Kansas City was the one. Uh, what three years ago? I think it was. Weren't they like a yeah. four-win team or something the, like that? One of those previous. teams. Was, one of those teams went went from like four wins to twelve wins and found themselves. I mean, it happens in the NFL. Again, I'm not saying the Falcons are headed to the Super Bowl this year or anything like that, but can the Falcons find a way to win six games? I think so. That's a game and a half more. They're they're if their over under win total is four and a half. They have to find a, a game and a half more to win than what that says out there. And I think that there are some signs that say, hey, they can be better this year. Because I can tell you, the coaching staff, the Arthur Smiths, Dean Pease, they ain't looking to be bad. They're not looking at this as we're in a long rebuilding process and we've got to reconfigure the roster. That's why they won't say rebuild. Now, again, we understand anytime in the NFL you move on from your franchise quarterback and you move on from a guy who's meant to the Falcons organization, what Matt Ryan is meant, then you are in a rebuild mode. You can call it whatever you want. You call it retooling, refiguring, re, re, reorganizing, whatever reword you want to use, you can do that. But when you move on from a calip from the player of Matt Ryan's caliber, when you move on from the most important draft pick you've ever made in the history of your franchise and the guy who you know made your franchise the best winner in its in your history of your organization which again is sort of like you know winning the uh, you know winning the award for nicest guy on death row but still if he's the guy who's done more for your organization and winning and he has it's not even close with all due respect to Mike and Barkowski and everybody else, nobody's won like Matt has won in his in his career with the Falcons at, at quarterback. So again, there are things that I I like what I'm seeing. There are things they got to work on. How about for uh, you know you want things to work on? All right, tell me who's going to step up at wide receiver because we're going to play Arthur Smith's audio at the top of the hour. And I didn't even look at the audio sheet yet, but I know he commented today was asked about Drake London. So when are we going to see him? Because we didn't get to see him at all in the preseason, and obviously he's hurt enough that he can't even practice. He hasn't pra- He literally hasn't practiced. Forget playing in preseason games. He hasn't practiced either. Well, that's not what I want out of my number eight pick. Not what I not what I want out of my out of my number eight pick. I want to see him on the field. You saw what happened last year when your number four pick didn't get a lot of time in. It took him a while to get things figured out. Not everybody comes in the league like Jamar Chase and Randy Moss and guys like that. Not everybody's 1,500 yards and a dozen touchdowns. If it were that easy, nobody would ever draft wide receiver below about four or five. Because then if they just come in the league and they just dominate, you take all the top flight wide receivers. There's a whole litany of guys who drafted high that never did a single thing in the league. And I don't want that to be for London, but – it's not a good sign when you're one of your main guys you're counting on your offense, your first-round pick this year, can't practice. It's not, not a great sign when, you know, you're relying on a quarterback that's on his third team in seven years as the number two overall draft pick. You can feel good about some of the things, but why is, why is a guy who's the number two overall draft pick on his third team in seven years? What has led to that? Well, Lack of production at times and injuries. Okay. Is that a good mix for a quarterback? If I say your quarterback has had 
injury history and lack of production history. Are those two selling points on why your quarterback is going to be better? And by the way, he played for the guy that's the coach here. What you're hoping is they capture and they can figure some things out, and hopefully they can straighten some of these things out. And that's why I believe in Arthur Smith and Dean Pease. I think they can figure out some things. They can figure out a way because they're going to have to coach their way to some of these victories. You know, there were, there were times when the Falcons could go out and out-talent other rosters and beat them for that. This team can't go out to virtually any roster and out-talent them and go beat them because of talent. Because of having a Hall of Fame quarterback, Hall of Fame wide receiver. You know, top flight center when you had Alex Mack. A top half left tackle in Jake Matthews. And when all those guys were in their prime doing their thing. Now you have to win through coaching, scheme, coaching guys up, getting production out of guys that you may not expect to get production out of. Like the running game. I I like what Tyler Algier brings. I I like some of the things that Caleb Huntley has done. I like some of the things that Allison. I thought Allison ran well on on, uh, Saturday. I think they're going to have a tough decision about how they're going to balance out the running back room because Avery Williams is going to be in that room, and he's making the squad, Algier's making the squad, and Patterson's making the squad. That we can guarantee you, and Keith Smith at fullback. They're all making the squad. They're all going to be on your 53. Now who's the spots that you have out there? What's going to be your rotation? We line up week one against the Saints. What's RB1, RB2, RB3? Is it Patterson, Algier, Williams? Patterson, Algier, Allison? Patterson, Algier, Huntley? I don't know. I don't know. Those those are things we're going to have to figure out. Is is Marlon Davidson going to be here? Are they going to injury settle with him? Move on from him. Well, he's a second-round pick. Yeah, drafted by the last organization. So we'll see. But, again, hope springs eternal for the Atlanta Falcons. All right, Falcons flyover coming up at the top of the hour. Chuck Rinder Key Studio, Sports Right Now, the game, Odyssey.com now. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.